welcome back, friends. Lost Garf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games to the people behind making Kirby, and the show Kirby Right Back At Ya. A main throughline to the podcast will be the Kirby Right Back At Ya anime, as it was 100 episodes, but in time we'll be going over every single Kirby game, and other things like eventually the Kirby Cafe, Train Poo Poo Poo, so many plushy things, the Kirby manga, oh my, there's just so much stuff to talk about, there's just so many good things. Love Kirby so much. Something to keep in mind is you should follow us at Kirby Dreamcast on Twitter, where we'll have occasional tweets about the podcast and updates whenever new episodes come out. It'll mainly follow a bunch of Kirby fan artists and retweet their art, but that's what that Twitter is going to be, so check that one out. So the biggest news right now is we are now on iTunes and Google Play Music. Took a lot of work to get there, but we're finally on them. I'm happy about that. Now, if you find us on iTunes and you like the podcast, please give us a five star. That's really all iTunes cares about. They just care about five stars and not I, not five stars. That's about it. So now we're on four platforms. We're on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play Music. We'll be trying to get us on other platforms in the future. One more bit of news is just the yearly anniversaries right now. Kirby Star Allies, Kirby Superstar, Kirby's Adventure, and Kirby 64. I did not know how many Kirby games came out in the spring, but apparently a bunch of them. So just, yeah, around this time, just a bunch of them came out. So happy anniversary to all those games. Also, speaking of Kirby's Adventure, episode 16.5 should be next after this one. I'm finishing up Kirby's Extra Mode and uh, searching for all the facts and lore I can find, at least in English. Anything that's not translated, I obviously can't read, so I won't be able to learn all that lore. But I'm learning as much lore as I can so that we can talk about Kirby's Adventure, since it's the second Kirby game, and it gives us some new things. It gives us Meta Knight, it gives us Nightmare, the Star Rod, just a bunch of new things, just not everything. And then, of course, each game going forward gives us more and more lore. So I'm just trying to get everything I can to tell you about it, because I want you to learn everything about that game, what was happening around it, just all that stuff. That's the goal every time we go over the games is we learn everything that has to do with that subject, so that you just really know Kirby very well from that point on. And eventually we're just going to go through all the Kirby games, and we'll know all the very confusing Kirby lore, and it's going to be really fun. And luckily with just, especially with Kirby Star Allies, Kirby Star Allies gave a lot of lore. A ton of lore, which helps with just understanding some of the older games. So that was just the perfect time to have a podcast, honestly. But by the time we get to Star Allies, that'll be in like two, three years. So by then, some more Kirby games will be out, and I'll make things even more interesting. So today's episode will be on episode 16 of Kirby Right Back At You, and it's titled A Fish Called Kind. The Japanese title, though, is The Fish Who Loved Me. So who's this fish love is the question. So, of course, this episode's about Kine, and Kine is, of course, the big blue fish with yellow fins and orange lips that we've seen a few times. He was there to help Kirby with Dynablade, and he was there to help Kirby with another situation, I don't remember. No, I think it was just Kirby and Dynablade. He will help Kirby in other situations in the future, and his first episode was episode two, when Kirby ran into him all of a sudden. So, Kine is a sunfish that helps Kirby on occasion in the show. He's an ally from Kirby's Dreamland 2. Rick and Koo are also allies in that game. They're the first animal friends that team up with Kirby. And because of that, they're also animal friends in Kirby Star Ally. Now in Kirby's Dreamland 3, Rick, Koo, and, and Kine are joined by even more characters. And we'll get to them when we talk about Kirby's Dreamland 3, considering none of them are in the show, unfortunately. It's too bad. But this is going to be a Kine episode. I don't know if Rick or Koo get episodes. I'm up to episode 40 and they haven't had one yet, so we'll see. But it's going to be about Kine, and he's just one of the people who helped Kirby. Kirby's Dreamland 2 has Kirby using abilities, and they use abilities with Kirby, and it's really cool, and it's really fun. I can't wait for that game eventually as well. Now in the show, 
He lives in the sea near Cappy Town, and he will help Kirby throughout the entire show, and we'll see him in the later Ocean episodes as well. In this episode, Professor Kuro is going to say he's a blue sturgeon fish instead of a sunfish, which is an odd thing, but we'll get into that later on. Uh, now, I've mentioned the Japanese voice actor before. He is Nobu Tabata, who has voiced many anime characters over the years in Japanese versions of things. And it's not really, I'm not really sure what's the best one you can recognize him from. So the best one I can go with maybe one of the more recent ones, and that is Peckham's from One Piece. He's that, uh, lion guy. Now, for the English voice actor, it's Darren Dunstan, who is, I was so surprised by this, Maximilian Pegasus in Yu-Gi-Oh. Does this mean you're kind? Yep, the one and only. I don't hear that voice at all. Like, at all. So I am so impressed with the, just him having this voice that is so different from Maximilian Pegasus. Just wow. So the episode starts with a view from the ocean that rises to the top and jumps out of the ocean and back into the water, and then it stops at Tiff at the beach. She's collecting seashells, and she's found a lot of them. She then finds this golden seashell, and it has writing on the inside. She thinks it's ancient capiglyphics, so she goes home to translate it, and she finds her name in the writing. Now I gotta tell you what it says word for word, she reads it out, and that is, Dear Tiff, I saw you at the shore recently, and I think you are enchanting. Please meet me at the beach this evening. Yours, Kine. Then Tiff looks at the camera confused. So, yeah, you already know what's gonna happen here because you know who Kine is. After that's the awesome opener, but I want to tell you the Japanese version. So, the Japanese version of the show, Kine mentions that he's been waiting there for her day and night, and he's finally got the courage up to ask her out. So he's more direct in the Japanese version. But after the opener, we see Tiff, she's walking down the castle halls, and out of nowhere jumps Kirby and Tuff. And they jump in front of her, and they're dancing around, they're like, hey, you want to play hide-and-seek? But she says not today, she's going out. And then Tuff notices that he smells his mom's fancy perfume on Tiff. And, but Tiff just brushes it off and leaves. Tuff decides to follow Tiff, and Kirby's super cute this whole time, by the way. Like, in this entire episode, Kirby's just a background character for the most part, and he's just there staring. And he just looks really cute in a bunch of the scenes. It's very interesting having him be basically a secondary character in this episode until things get real. But he's just so cute. Now, Tuff thinks they should follow her because, well, this is odd. In the Japanese version, Tiff says she's going to go get more seashells, and Tuff notices she's not carrying her tools, so he knows something's up, so that's why he decides to follow her. But after that scene, we see Escargoon and King Dedede. They're reading a map trying to find the Rainbow Coral Reef. The problem, though, is that all the landmarks on the map are underwater. So, I guess they're sea marks, right? <laughs> so, Escargoon's like, well, luckily we got a sub, so they'll be using that. But before they leave to go get the sub, they notice Tiff at the beach, and they decide to spy on her. And of course, Tiff is waiting at the beach, waiting for Kine. And then we see that it's not only them spying on her, also Tuff and Kirby are spying on her as well. And what's interesting is, Tuff's like, we're kind of like we're secret agents, and then he notices Kirby's playing with a crab, and then he goes to shush Kirby. Now what's interesting about this is, this crab is not just any crab, it is Connie. Connie the Crab, which is from Kirby's Dreamland 3 and Kirby 64. It's an enemy that you can kill, and there he is right there. And again, Kirby's super cute right here. So some time goes by and Tiff thinks maybe someone's just playing a joke on her. But then Kine jumps out of the water. She's like, whoa, okay, there's a fish here. And Kine's like relieved she's there because he wasn't sure she could read the letter, but she could. And now she's getting really surprised. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> so she's really surprised that he's a fish for one and that he can write. And then Kine tells her, and I gotta say this word for word because of course I do. A lot of fish are very educated because we spend so much time in schools. But um, Tish. Just, oh my God, they made that joke. They made that joke. 
I just, I'm done. We're out. We're out. We're out. That's the end of the podcast. So after that, she's like, okay. She asks, why'd you want to meet me? And he says he's noticed her there a lot and wanted to meet her. And she says she's there usually because she loves marine biology. That's why she collects those shells. And this sets Kine off. He hears that she loves marine biology, and that's enough for him. He's very happy to hear that, and he says he wants her to be his girlfriend. And just like that, immediately Tuff comes out of hiding and starts laughing, and he says, and you can be his girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, Tiff can be his girlfriend. Tuff then says he figured something was fishy, but he didn't realize it was this fishy. Just get prepared. Buckle up. There's going to be a lot of sea jokes and fish jokes coming up. Oh my god. Four kids, you are ridiculous. So, Kine is totally sure they could work out. He can teach her how to swim and they could live in the sea together. But Tiff is shocked and Kine's like, what's wrong? Haven't you heard of the Little Mermaid? <laughs> so, the implications of this, by the way. The Little Mermaid exists in this world. It exists in Dreamland. You might be asking yourself, well, does Earth exist here then? And the answer is yes, if you count the games, because in Kirby 64, there's a frozen dead planet, and it's basically Earth. It is almost, it's like 99% Earth, and this likely explains where Adeline comes from, at least where she's descended from. So humans are definitely in the Kirby universe because of Adeline, and it shows that Earth is in the universe in Kirby 64. So, yep, I guess somehow they got that story here at some point, and now they know the Little Mermaid as well. So it's not like they just also generated that story, they knew it as well. So Tiff tries to explain that they're two different, and she does it in a very effective way, in my opinion. She takes a big breath and then says that's her lungs working, and they don't work very well underwater. They're just too different to date, but Kine is persistent, saying they're meant to be together. Tough thinks that she should give him a chance, since he might be the only guy who will ever like her, which, oh my god. Kirby hops in agreeance, because Kirby's Kirby, he's always very, you know, uh, he's always agreeing with people for things. I don't really know if he understands what he's agreeing, but Kirby's just, he's like, yeah, yeah. So Tiff yells at Tuff and Kirby, and then she leaves off angrily, and she tells Kine to forget it, and Kine looks pretty sad about it. He can't live on land, and she can't live underwater. Tuff then says she's right, and it's too bad he's not a lungfish. So we're, we get, we're gonna start a counter here. For every time they use a fish name, and right now we're at one, and it's gonna add up pretty quick, I'm sure. So after everyone leaves, Kine's just sitting there sad in the water. And then out of nowhere, King Dedede shows up, because he was spying too, and he says, Tiff is a cold fish, but he offers to help Kine anyway. All Kine has to do is show them where the Rainbow Coral Reef is. Now at first, Kine doesn't want to show them because that's a secret. But they work on his desperation, and eventually he agrees. Now, cut to later on in the day, and Tiff's actually reading a book about Kine's species. And then Tuff and Kirby show up, and Tuff thinks that Kine must be nuts to like her. Tiff thinks Kine is actually quite interesting. He was polite and a good letter writer, and she mentions that their kind and fish have some biological similarities while being different species. He showed initiative, and so he's at least worth getting acquainted with. But oh no, Tiff, don't do that. You don't want to do that with a guy like that, because then you get his hopes up. But that's how she feels. And then King Dedede shows up with a small group of Waddle Dees, and they wheel in this giant glass aquarium tank that contains Kine. That's right, Kine's here, and he says he's there for their date. King Dedede is laughing and saying that he's there to help with their love life. He's heard opposites attract, but this is a bit much. Wesker Goon calls it the world's first surf and turf relationship. After laughing and leaving, and also calling him a great catch, it's now Tiff, Tuff, Kirby, and Kine in the room. Everyone else is gone. And then Tuff throws Tiff's words back at her, saying, well, he's worth getting acquainted with, and he basically guilt trips her into this. 
He's like, since Kai went through so much trouble to get here, why not show him around at least? And Kai's really excited about that because he's going to see, you know, what the land's like. And Kirby's really excited too because Kirby's Kirby. <laughs> now here's something very interesting. In the Japanese version, Tiff is straight up genuinely interested in dating Kine, but him being a fish still makes her not sure about the situation. But she actually thinks, like, he might be fun to date. That's a very interesting difference right there. So now it's later in the day, and they're actually meeting some villagers with Kine, and Professor Curio's there, and he says that Kine is a sturgeon fish. Well, he says it in, like, the Latin names. And this leads to a question. Kine is a sunfish, not a sturgeon, and yet Curio called him that. So was this the four kids messing up, or is Professor Kiro just mistaken? And this is only mentioned in the four kids version, uh, so who really knows? But then I went ahead and looked uh, some things up, and it'll make sense later on. I'll still explain that later, why he calls him a sturgeon. But for now, a farmer asks if this is actually a science project since it's a talking fish, but Tuff instantly points out that no, it's Tiff's boyfriend, which makes the farmer go like, what? <laughs> this also annoys her. But the farmer says, well, it's better than dating a barracuda or a great white shark. So now we're at four fish names at this moment, because I'm counting the shark, because why not? <laughs> but Kiro actually approves with a couple, and but still, Tiff's like, they're not a couple. Then we get to see how transportation works. So Kirby with Falala and Fulalo are pulling the tank forward, while Tiff and Tuff push it from behind. And as I've said so many times already, Kirby's incredibly cute while being support in this episode. So while they're pushing Kine along... Kine and Tiff are talking, and Kine is just really impressed with the land. He didn't think it'd be as amazing as the sea, he thought it'd be like pretty crazy and stuff, but again, it's just very pretty, and he starts asking about the pretty flowers in the, in the distance, and Tiff just explains to him that they're flowers, and he's like, oh, they remind him of coral. And he feels like the land is a lot like the sea, and can't wait to show Tiff, but she doesn't think that's true, and says they have nothing in common, which makes Kine sad again. Because she's like, she's having this whole, like, turmoil going on here she's like the, like the, the situation's just really sometimes she's liking kind and other times she's just pointing out like no they're too different they can't get along well kind just really wants to get together at the same time tough just keeps throwing things back into tiff's face because tough now throws into her face how she said they had biological similarities and tiff just takes the hit and she just looks down she's definitely feeling guilt and that's just not great and it's such a weird situation it's just this guy really is interested in tiff She's impressed with him, even considers dating him, but in the end, the differences are too much for her. But the guy's still interested, so she's getting guilt-tripped from him, and it's just, ooh, it's just a bad situation. And I can't believe this isn't a kid's show. It's so weird, but it is what it is. So moving on, we see King Dedede and Escargoon in a sub in the ocean, and for some reason, King Dedede's wearing a snorkel in the sub. Escargoon says he looks like a deep-sea doofus. <laughs> I really am, I'm surprised he didn't call him a Dedede doofus or something like that. But King Dedede insists on not taking any chances. Since they're underwater, though, this would do nothing. It's a snorkel. That's it. But they do end up finding the Rainbow Coral Reef, and it's very pretty. So they're like, okay, time to make a castle down here. And they prepare to destroy the Coral Reef. Why? Why, 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 why? Why? Why do you want to live here if you're going to just destroy it? It's very, it's very odd. But then again, you could say this is basically humanity and civilization itself. You got people who want to live in the woods deliberately, and so they'll build a house there. And then enough people do that, eventually the woods are gone, and it's just a town. That's kind of a thing that just happens, I suppose. But the Japanese version is probably a bit better in that he's actually there for resources instead, so he's going to mine the place instead of just destroy it for a castle. I guess there's gold or something there. Back with the kids, 
Everyone's just tired and just knocked out in the background while Kine and Tiff are still talking. And Kine says that he loves it on land and he intends to live there for the rest of his life to be there with Tiff. But Tiff points out that the surface is pretty tough. The kids are all tired and out of breath from transporting Kine, so it's going to be much harder for him. But Kine persists. He says he'll endure anything to be with her. And Tiff is finally starting to get the nerve to just break everything off and tell him no. But before she can, Kine sees a couple holding hands and asks Tiff to hold hands with him. She says she, he doesn't have any hands, but Kine persists and starts ramming through the kid. Like, he's trying to push through the tank to get to Tiff, which is very weird logic here, because earlier we've seen Kine jump to the top of the tank to talk to Tiff. So why wouldn't he just jump up there so she could climb up and hold his fin? But he doesn't do that. He just starts bouncing off the tank trying to get closer to Tiff. It's very odd here, I guess, his contrivance. Because what happens here is from him trying to do that, he's moving the tank back and forth, and eventually the tank goes loose a little bit, and it rolls downhill, and everyone has the rush to save him. So Kine is now very quickly going down a hill, and he's crying out to Tiff to help him, but eventually the tank rolls into the Cappy Town and crashes into the tree in the center of the Cappy Town. I don't think I've mentioned this tree before, just in case I haven't. Every episode that has Cappy Town in it has a tree in the center of it, and it's this tree every time. And sometimes things happen here. Usually every character's around talking around that tree. Like when they talk about New Year's, they're under the tree. When Kirby grabs that beehive in episode 10, it's from that tree. That tree's just always there. But so after crashing into that tree, Kine goes flying! And next we see Chef Kawasaki serving Dr. Yabui, who we get to meet for the first time, actually. So Dr. is the doctor of the town. As the first episode we see him and he's talking. And we'll have other episodes with him later, so I'll explain who he is later. But basically, just picture a Cappy with like a must, like a mustache beard thing going, and those nerd swirly glasses, and a stethoscope, and you've got Dr. Yabui. And he wants a fresh fish for lunch. I'd like something healthy, like a nice piece of fresh fish. Sorry, Doc, but I'm fresh out of fresh fish. Whoa! Ah! Looks pretty fresh to me. Oh, that's not good. Next, we see Chef Kawasaki's trying to murder Kine. He's chasing him around in the kitchen. And eventually Kine passes out from just being out of breath. He's out of the water. He can't survive. So now he's going to get killed by Chef Kawasaki. Chef Kawasaki raises his cleaver and says he's the catch of the day. And just before the cleaver comes down on Kine's head, Kirby does what Kirby always does. And that's his runs in and jumps in the way of the blade and stops Chef Kawasaki. And they barely save Kine. Next, they're outside of uh, Chef Kawasaki's restaurant and they're dumping water on Kine. Uh, inside a pot that's uh, one of Chef Kawasaki's, of course. Tough says he must have nine lives, and Kine says, and I quote, maybe that means I'm part catfish. We're at five on the counter right now. <laughs> they try to explain to him that the land is just tough, and right after that, they hear a familiar sound. It's a loud cough, Dinoblade, and she's flying straight at Kine. She sees herself a meal, and Tiff puts her hands over Kine to protect him. Now, this is something I should have mentioned earlier, and that is... Every time Kine's in peril, Tiff is the first one to react towards Kine. Minus Kirby jumping in front of the cleaver because he's just faster than Tiff. When his tank started rolling down the hill, Tiff held onto his tank with everything she had, all of her might, but she just couldn't hold on and she fell to the ground when he got loose from her. She may not be romantically interested in Kine, but she still appears to care about him. But back to Dinoblade. Dinoblade comes down, blows everyone away, and picks up the pot and flies away. And all they can do is watch. But luckily, Kine jumps out of the pot and starts falling basically hundreds of feet to the ground. Tuff says unless he's a flying fish, they're in big trouble. So that's six on the counter. And Tiff wants to try to run and catch him. So they all run off to go catch him. 
He ends up, though, crashing through the roof of the mayor's house and lands in the mayor's bath, which had just been filled with lots of hot water. By the way, that's gotta hurt landing that far down in into a house. And I need to quote the mayor here because this line is ridiculous. I was just getting in when I heard a crash and a splash. If we don't get your friend out fast, that bath will turn into a broth. Who writes these lines? Tiff, though, is relieved to see him alive, and they put Kine in a river. Now, Kine is an ocean fish, so normally if you put an ocean fish in fresh water, it, uh, it kills them. Because they need the salt for their, uh, what was it, their salinity? They need a specific salinity to survive. Same thing goes vice versa. Uh, freshwater fish in the salt water, they'll die because of salinity as well. And so that's something, no. But then I'm like, you know, let me double check. Let me do some research. And I found something that was very interesting. That is, there are these special types of fish called anadromous fish. And these are potentially, the most well-known of them are salmon. What these fish can do is they can survive in salt water and in freshwater because they can deal with a wide range of salinity. And salmon is just the most well-known version. And you know, Sam, if you do, if you don't know, Salmon, what they do is they go from the ocean and they jump up rivers to spawn their eggs in the river. So they're in freshwater and in saltwater. But there's more than just salmon who do this. Can you guess what fish? If you said sturgeon, then you are correct. So that might explain why Professor Karyos called him a sturgeon, so that they would explain why he was able to be in both types of water. Because so I don't think sunfish can be, but sturgeon can. So yeah, there you go. That was four kids... Thinking scientifically ahead, I guess, when they did that naming. So that's very interesting. So Kain is now happily alive in a river, and asks that the land is always this exciting. After Tiff says no, Kain figures it must be him, because ever since he left the sea, he's been in a lot of trouble. Tuff tells him he should stay in the sea, because he won't survive out here. And Kain gets dis disappointed and defensive, because he's like, You guys think it's ridiculous, I want to live on land. They're like, yeah. And he's like, well, King Didi lives on land, and he wants to live in the sea. He's trying to do the opposite, and this shocks everyone. And then they realize that King Dedede helped him so he could go to the Rainbow Coral Reef. Meanwhile, King Dedede is destroying everything. Back to the castle. <laughs> yeah, they just show that really quick. He's destroying, the, he's destroying everything. Back at the castle, though, which uh, sometime later, because they got to get to the castle, uh, the kids find out from Cerebrum that King Dedede wants to build a castle down deep in the sea. And Kine feels as spineless as a jellyfish for causing this trouble for the Rainbow Coral Reef. That's number seven. Kine, though, gets mad and says he needs to get help getting back there to the sea so he can stop what King Dedede's doing. So back over at the sea with King Dedede, he's still destroying everything. He is destroying everything. This is, uh, this is not good. That's a lot of property damage right there. But then Kine shows up angrily and he rushes King Dedede because he's been fooled. Escargoon calls him a clownfish, so number eight. And King Dedede slaps Kine down instantly with his sub and calls him a sea urchin, number nine. Then they see the kids in a barrel sub and Mennonite's there too. Why is Mennonite here is a good question. He's, I guess they need supervision if they're under sea. I don't, I don't know. But they're in like this barrel sub, which is interesting. So then the kids launch a torpedo and that torpedo happens to be Kirby. And he's cute as always. He swims out angrily at King Dedede and the fish are there to help out Kirby apparently. So here's something interesting is that the boy can swim and apparently he can exist underwater without having to worry about air. Just like the games, by the way, Kirby can exist underwater, indefinitely underwater. He's not Sonic, he can handle it. But there were episodes where they were concerned Kirby would drown. Like last episode, Tiff was worried Kirby might drown out there. In the Dinoblade episode, Kirby tried to hold his breath and eventually he had to go up for air. So it's very weird now that we're at this point where Kirby's just underwater and he's got no problem. But that's how the games are, so I guess at some point they learned that fact. 
So Kirby also tries to rush the sub, but he gets slapped away too, and then King Dedede fires a torpedo at Kirby, but it misses him and hits the sub. And what happens next is also ridiculous because Midnight jumps away from the explosion, but the kids aren't so lucky. They get blasted and they start drowning immediately, but Kine makes air bubbles with his mouth and saves both the kids. So wow, Meta Knight, just wow, you didn't try to save the kids at all. What the heck? So Kirby continues his attack, but he gets grabbed by the sub's claws and gets punched in the face with a third arm, and it hits him over and over and over and over and over and over and over. He just keeps getting punched in the face. Kirby's at the mercy of King Dedede right now. So it's been a while, but we gotta put a counter up on that baby beating for Kirby, because bam, he got beat up right there. Kine rushes in to help Kirby again, and Tuff says he's acting like an aquamarine. So, it's not a fish one, but this time it's a pun, and it's just wow at the pun, by the way. Oh my god. That is a pretty strong pun, honestly. But Kine rushes in, and he's able to knock Kirby out of the sub's grasp. And then Kirby does the most ridiculous thing ever. Kirby sucks up the ocean to attack King DDD. You heard me. He sucks up the ocean. He does the vacuum ability underwater. And it's just so ridiculous. Kirby is just drinking in the sea while he's trying to suck up King Dedede's sub. And while this is happening, Kine and other fish are trying to desperately swim away so they don't get eaten by Kirby in the process either. But eventually, King Dedede and Esker can try to get away. Eventually, their propeller gets sucked out of their sub and Kirby eats it. And then Kirby, realizing he's got a power, swims out of the water and jumps into the air to transform into... Tornado Kirby! So for this animation of the transformation... He just jumps up in the air, he does a bunch of flips, and then a little tornado forms on his head. And then he gets a tornado crown, basically. It's got a big green jewel on it, and now it's Tornado Kirby. And now we see why Meta Knight's here, because now he's explaining that it's Tornado Kirby. Because <laughs> of course he is. So Kirby starts spinning, and spinning, and spinning, and spinning, and he makes a tornado around himself, and it sucks the sea up. And it starts making a spray above the tornado, and that spray makes a pretty rainbow. And eventually it sucks up the submarine, and the submarine breaks apart! And somehow the two villains survive this! And they land in the water, surrounded by just pieces of their sub, which eventually sink to the floor. And then they get attacked by a shark! And this isn't just any shark! This shark is Joe! And he's an enemy from the Kirby games, so... Yeah! Another character right there! And they're attacking King Didi and Esker again! The two of them swim away as best they can, and eventually... Well, we don't see what happened to them. Obviously they're still alive, but maybe they got a couple bites? One can only hope. So after all this is over... We see Tiff, Tuff, and Kine back at the shore where Tiff first met Kine. And he thanks them for their help. And asks where Kirby is, but Tuff isn't sure where Kirby is at the moment. But Kine says, oh well, thank Kirby for him, and he apologizes for all the trouble he caused. Tiff says she's sorry things didn't work out between them, and she wishes him the best. And they say goodbye to each other, and Kine sadly swims away. But then Kirby shows up with a snorkel on his head. And Kine realizes that with this snorkel, and he actually imagines it, the two of them can go on dates in the sea. It can be him and Tiff, and they can hold Finn and Han together underwater. And then Tiff just yells up at Kirby that he's in big trouble, and Kirby jumps out of the water happily while playing with the snorkel. The end. So that was a really weird episode where you just get all these, like, fish jokes and hijinks and everything, and it speeds the heck up in the last five minutes, and you got combat and everything. And that is the thing about these episodes is some of the episodes are like this where... There's a bunch of plot and story going on, and then the last five minutes is a bunch of action, and then the, the episode's over. Like, it feels weirdly, weirdly paced and rushed at times, while some episodes progress very well. It's just an oddity of the show. 
I still have fun with it, but it is definitely an oddity of the pacing of the show. And it was just a really weird episode. I had a lot of fun with it, but it was weird. Like, you feel bad for Tiff and Kine since the relationship doesn't work out. Kine isn't trying to guilt trip Tiff, but his, her brother definitely is. And it's just, it's just too weird for them. It's just too bad. Like, you know, The Shape of Water exists now. It got, it got Oscar for Best Movie of the Year. So maybe if they made the show now, Tiff would be totally dating Kine. I don't know. But that right there was episode 16. I enjoyed it. By this point, uh, you just, like I said, you get how the writing is. Uh, they just do a bunch of stuff, then they rush it. And it's going to be like that with just so many other episodes. There's points where the episode does progress very well. But it just feels more rare in those instances, and it's more this weird pacing of just a lot of story and then rush to the end. But next episode is gonna be... Actually, no, no. I think it paces a bit better. But like how this episode was an attempt at love, next episode is gonna be about maintaining love. Because guess what? We're gonna be talking about the parents, Cerebrum and Lady Like. That's right, it's gonna be an episode for them, and it is quite the episode. Oh my god, it is an interesting episode for sure. But don't worry about Kine. Like I said before, if we will see more episodes with Kine, since he is in the sea and we're going to have more sea-based episodes. And like I said before, I'm not sure about Rick or Koo. I've seen up to episode 40 and they don't have any episodes yet, but maybe they will eventually because there's still 60 episodes for me to watch. So who knows? And also, well, adding with my fingers here, we, we still have 86 episodes to go. No, 84 episodes to go. So there's still plenty of episodes to see about those guys. But that right there is the podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Some are easier to find us on than others. If you search Kirby's Dreamcast, you'll usually find us pretty easily. But if you search just Kirby and Podcast, for most of these, you'll find us easily. It's uh, iTunes is the one where it's a bit weird. Uh, it takes some effort to find us there. So if you do Kirby's Dreamcast, you'll find us very easily. Now, YouTube version is slightly different from the others in that we put visuals on the screen. But I try to describe everything as well as I can so that you can just listen to it instead of having to watch it, considering it is a podcast. If you have feedback, please let us know on YouTube or at the Twitter at Kirby Dreamcast. And if you like the podcast and listen on iTunes, give us a five star. That's basically all iTunes cares about. But so that has been Kirby's Dreamcast, the podcast. I had fun talking and I hope you had fun watching and or listening. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by and see you next time. <laughs>